Hello, everyone, and welcome to this amazing interview with Kathleen Guire. Kathleen, we are about to jump into your story about recovering from chronic fatigue syndrome, and it probably feels pretty surreal to you. You know, it's like a full circle moment because when we first met, things weren't so rosy for you. Uh, they were, <laughs> they were pretty tough. You know, you were, yeah, you were in your fifties. You had seven kids, which I was blown away by at the time. And I remember when you first started your journey with us, you know, back to health and it wasn't easy. Before we get into like all the fun stuff and where you're at now, which I can't wait to share and hear, I'd love to know like kind of where were you before we met in terms of like, you know, age, kids, what were you doing? And we'll go from there. Well, I was originally diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome in 2004. So when I was young, a young mom. Wow. And I found a really great doctor in Pittsburgh who um, is a naturopath and he really helped me. But then I would get into this cycle of pushing and crashing and pushing and crashing that we're all so familiar with when yeah. you have CFS. And right before I joined the program, I was the worst that I'd ever been. Like I just had like a major, major crash. And I remember like for four days I was in bed, like not, you know, and I'd been in that bedridden part before, but this felt the worst that it's ever felt to the point that it just kept stretching on and on and on. I thought this is it. I'm going to die. Everything's going to shut down. My body's shutting down. And so I know I told you this. So I started reading a book about heaven, like get ready to go to heaven because I wasn't going to be here much longer. And then when I would have a good day, I would get out of bed. And by 930 a.m., I was back in bed and then I would sleep for a couple hours and get up and then go back to bed. It was just I mean, it was the worst. I just I didn't have any hope because I thought I guess I had heard that once you get older, that if your CFS crashes get worse, that it's just, that's the end. Mm -hmm. You're not, your immune system's just done for. Obviously that's not true because here I am. Yeah. So when I joined the program, I was pretty hopeless. And I even had a lot of not only self-doubt, but doubt like, yeah, is this gonna really help me? But I was so desperate. Yeah. Tell me, you know, when you're in bed and kind of feeling like you were dying, which which is what I say to people, you know, people don't really understand, but it can feel like you're dying when yes. the symptoms are so bad. What what kind of symptoms were you experiencing? Well, my joints felt like they were on fire. I was super achy. I had fevers all the time. And I just would get to this point that I was so fatigued I was dizzy even when I was lying down mm. and like nothing would make that feeling go away. And so I would just, you know, sleep and not really sleep. Mm. I mean, like my body felt like it was shutting down, but I really wasn't asleep. And my mind would be racing at the same time, like anxious thoughts all the time. Mm. So that's how it felt. Seven kids married. You have a partner. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine like, you know, I know it's hard enough as it is like, and we help people, we have a lot of people in lots of different situations, lots of mums too, who've got maybe one or two kids, but I can't imagine the immense kind of pressure, unknown, the guilt, 
with seven kids and I know you have grandkids as well and having a husband like what was that like like was there a, were you able to have communication and conversation with your partner or because you didn't know what well was going on? like yeah I think that for my husband for a lot of years going through the pushing and crashing and going to my doctor he just didn't really believe what I was going through was as bad as it was because I had this ability to, my husband worked out of town a lot. And so I was on my own. I was homeschooling my kids. I homeschooled them all the way through and I would get up for a few hours and I would do school with them. And sometimes I actually did school in my room and had them all come sit on my bed. And then this is funny. I just thought of this. I just found the other day, this document I made when they were teenagers that said, what to do when mom can't get up. Wow. And it had all of these things like, you know, get the little kids breakfast. It had this list of things for them to do. And you're right. The guilt and the shame is it's overwhelming because I felt so broken and even before I got my diagnosis, I was going, even when I was in high school, my mom was taking me from doctor to doctor to doctor because I was still having those crashes then, but nobody knew what they were or what it came from or why I was doing that. And they were doing all of these weird things like all of these allergy tests and glucose tests for the, you know, you sit there for five hours and drink this goop and you're hypoglycemic. Well, you know, all of these things, but nobody could pin down what was actually going on. And even when I started going to the doctor, Dr. Parati, it's still the work, which I've realized now was on me. There was no like, Hey, just take this. There's no medication that you just take this medication and you're better. And I know a lot of people seek that or they seek this certain supplements going to make them better or this certain thing is going to make them better mm. and it's not true because it truly is up to us to start first managing our symptoms knowing what our symptoms are telling us and then trying to work on consistency and health consistency over intensity i still say that all the time yeah it's one of our mantras inside the program which is consistency over intensity you know i think yeah it's hard like most people when they've been sick and struggling with chronic fatigue syndrome or something like that long covid they have no energy but then as soon as the, the day comes when the energy is there they go all out with intensity they try and yes. do every single thing on the to-do list and i know you were doing that before you joined the program what do you think caused your chronic fatigue syndrome? Do you remember, was there a virus or anything like that? that um, yeah. In fact, when I, after I joined the program, I started asking some of my family members because I had gotten bacterial water poisoning at a family reunion where we used to rent this big cabin and stay. And the, I guess some of the girls were drinking out of the well and I was one of those girls mm -hmm. and we all ended up in the emergency room. Oh, wow. And I ended up being sick for the rest of the summer. And I think I was like 14 or 15 at the time. And that's when the cycles began. The headaches, the, the nausea, post-exertional malaise, because I tried to run track and all of these things started cycling through then. So they became cycles for me. But honestly, 
I didn't know that other people didn't feel that way mm -hmm. because I was so young. I thought, you know, if you ask an adult, hey, I'm feeling this way or feeling that way. And they're like, oh, you're a teenager, you know, whatever this is going on. You need more sleep. And so I didn't know until I was an adult that some of those things that I was feeling were not normal. Yeah. yeah. So. Wow. And was it a comment? So obviously that was the starting point, the virus. And then it sounds like having seven kids, being a stay at home mom and like being a teacher, basically, like, full yes. time, you know, running the show, stress, combination yes. pushing crashing all of that kind of was a, a recipe for you know chronic fatigue syndrome to occur. right and i then i kept getting these major viruses like mono and yes. you know it would go away you know so yeah it's cyclic the the viruses when my immune system would go down i'd get a virus and yeah. yeah it was fascinating because you you obviously were really proactive going to your doctor and you used to get lots of blood tests and it was really really cool i remember Oh, it must have been maybe nine to 12 months into the program. You went and got your bloods done again. Yeah. So it's like before the program and after the program and, or during the program. And your blood work came back so good. Like the doctor was yeah. like, what the hell have you been doing? We'll touch on that later because that was profound. And I remember just like you posting that win and it was, it was like hundreds of likes. Like everyone was like, oh my God, like how good is this? Like amazing but when you first started the program or at least your journey with recovery, what were some of the roadblocks that were, were first coming up? You know what I mean? Like when you first joined, like you said, you were skeptical. Is this going to work for me? I heard that if you're older, you can't recover. Like for you, like what was what was going on for you? Well, I think that the biggest mental roadblock was that belief that it's it works for other people, but it's not going to work for me. Mm. Or... And I hate to say this, but it's true. I didn't value myself enough to like invest in this program and invest in myself. I was always, always on the back burner. Mm. And I felt like if I did something for myself, I actually felt nauseous about it. I felt wrong. I felt like this is not something that I'm supposed to be doing to take care of myself. I just need to take what I'm going to get. And if it's bad health, then I just need to accept that, which is totally wrong. So if anybody's thinking that, please don't think that. Honestly, that was the biggest roadblock for me. And I still struggle with valuing myself above others, mm. above what other people in my family need from me and putting up those boundaries. But I'm so much better about it, or I would not be sitting here. Yeah, I'm so, so much better at boundaries. Totally. I remember I had a client many, many years ago and she wanted to join the program, but she believed it was too expensive. Right. Mm. And so she's like, you know, I can't afford this. Like it's too, too much money. It's too expensive. And I was like, you know, that's okay. Like you can watch our free stuff if you, if you think that's the case for you. And a year later she came back and I remember we jumped on the phone together to have an enrollment call. And I said, we spoke a year ago, like, why now? And she said, you wouldn't believe what happened, but I was sitting here the other day thinking about if my daughter was in my situation, mm. getting chills down my spine thinking about this. If my daughter was as sick as I am and has been for the last 10 years, I would have signed her up to this program 10 years ago. 
like like that. I wouldn't even think about it. It wouldn't be a second thought. It was like, if she's sick right. and she needs help, I'm going to invest in it. And then she right. had this epiphany and realized, oh my God, like what am I teaching my daughter if I can't even invest in myself? And I would do it for her in a heartbeat. And she realized that she needs to put herself or treat herself like she would treat her daughter equally, at least to show her and teach her daughter, mum's going to put herself first as well, you know? Yeah. It was actually so incredible. She went on to recover. It was, it was a really cool story because she went on to do the program. She fully committed. She exactly like you, like just did everything she had to do in order to get better and got her life back, you know? And, but I don't think it would have happened if she didn't self-value herself, you know, like that, that you know right. I, yeah yeah it just it's too hard like you just can't like you're just going to keep tripping yourself up right because you're never going to do anything that you need to do in order to move forwards right exactly and if you have this idea in the back of your mind is this is happening to me so i need to accept it and it's like but why why did i need to accept it and i think that another stumbling block for me is my mom died pretty young mm. And she had a lot of health issues. So I kind of just thought, well, you know what? That's the way it is. Oh, but wow. okay, I see. it doesn't have to be that way. No, no. No, it doesn't. Yeah. I love uh, Craig Harper, one of my first ever mentors, actually. He was the one that inspired me when I was going through recovery. Even though he, he didn't, he was a motivational speaker. He had, he had no, no idea about chronic fatigue syndrome. You know, he used to say, oh, but my, gen my genetics, you know, it's just... There's nothing I can do. It's just my genetics. Mm -hmm. you know, whether someone's overweight, he used to help a lot of people with weight loss. And, you know, those types of people would come in. Oh, I just can't lose weight because it's, my, it's in my genes, you know. It's just who I am. And he would, say, he would say, and what choices can you make? You know, does, so does that mean that you can't stop eating the chocolate cake for breakfast that you're having every day and the oversized pizza <laughs> that you're having at night? Is that got nothing to do with your weight loss? It's just all genes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was all about choice. Like you can change your, you can manipulate your entire life to enhance your health and well-being, not the opposite. Because right. mm. there's epigenetics that we yes. know a lot more about now that you can change your yes. genetics by making lifestyle choices, making, and it all starts with your thinking. Like you have to think it first. And then there has to be an action that follows because if you have so many limiting beliefs that you can't move forward and a limiting belief like you were just talking about is it's in my genetics and this is the way it's going to be and I can't change that. That's a limiting belief. So then you won't move forward. You'll stay stuck. I think it's so hard. This conversation is so hard because on one hand, like, like I know how, how much you struggled and suffered in bed. And if I said to you, Kathleen, you just got to think more positive. You'd tell me to, you'd probably say some. Oh, well, I, would, I would use some words. <laughs> yeah. I would use some words. <laughs> me too. Because it's not about positive thinking. This is the problem. Like, no. this is the problem that most people don't talk about is like, there's so much fluff on the internet. It's like, you just need to think more positive. Like, you just, you, your attitude sucks. And it's like, yeah, attitude is important, but it's not about the positive psychology that makes the difference. It's about right. seeing where you start. Like it, chronic fatigue syndrome isn't a mental problem. Right. I think this is the issue. Like there's this, you know, when you're going through chronic fatigue syndrome recovery, almost like you could feel attacked by someone saying you need to change your mindset or you've got some limiting beliefs. 
Mm -hmm. But it's not really about that. Like if you think about it, it's like chronic fatigue syndrome is so physical and neurological. Like you said, like the, yes. the joints and the muscles and everything. But laying in bed thinking that it's not possible for you isn't going to equate to a, a behavior or an action that's going to change your life. And mm -hmm. that was the case for you until you realized, oh, actually, you know, what would my life be like if I didn't believe that it was just my mum's genetics and I could potentially take a little bit of ownership in my own life and, and how would that feel? How did you make those changes? Like what, like how did you, what flipped it for you? I think some, actually some of the coaching calls that we just talking about being self-aware and like what was going on in my mind, what was going on in my body. And like Dr. Caroline Leaf talks about, you know, you can't just help self-awareness. You can't just say, I feel angry, which is where I was. I was so angry that my life was being taken from me. That's the way I felt about it. But then you have to move on. Why are you feeling angry? What's going on beside that? And, and you know, for me, it took a lot of like, journaling out my feelings and then editing what I was writing down. And sometimes it would be just so exhausting to do that. It's like, I've got a little bit of pocket of energy right now. What am I going to do with it? Am I going to wipe the kitchen counters down or am, or am I going to sit down and journal some things out because wiping the kitchen counters. Okay. I'm really picky about keeping everything clean in my kitchen. And I'm only saying that because sometimes that would stop me from doing the real work because I thought mm -hmm. I had a little bit of energy, but I felt better if I started journaling my feelings, putting the past in its place because trauma has a lot to do. A lot of people that have traumatic beginnings like I did end up having chronic fatigue. It just like, it's just one of those things they go hand in hand and I needed to make, and here's a funny thing, Toby, you're going to laugh about this. You know, what I do being a trauma informed teacher and speaker is I had someone say to me before I joined your program, well, you know, all of those things that you say that we need to do with our kiddos and you teach us, why aren't you doing those for yourself? Mm -hmm. like reframing your beliefs making sense of and peace with your past not that that's going to just wipe away all of the physical feelings mm -hmm. and change everything in one second and you're better i just need to deal with my past it's just part of the process 100%. for me it was part of the process i had to do that yeah like one of my favorite sayings is like you can't drive forward looking in the rearview mirror yes like it's yes. very hard. Like imagine driving this like this the whole time. Like it's just super hard. Like and so so many people stay stuck in the past, and it's just a memory of the past. And it's like let's just create new memories and start working towards what you truly do want in your life. And right, and we'll take the shift, and then you'll act and do behaviors, and physiologically your body will change over time. And right, and writing down what do you see? You know, what does your best day look like? You know, I did those so many times, like, what does it look like to be well? What would I do? What do I do first when I get up in the morning? What would I do second? And it's so funny because all of those times that I did those writings over and over and over again, at that time, I wasn't doing those things, but now I do them every day. Like, and these are kind of physical things too, like 
get up and the first thing I do is fill up my quart jar with water and I drink water and I exercise in the morning, you know, and I walk and I do all these things. And like just last week, I logged 38 miles hiking and running and took my kayak out. And it's like, I don't even think about that stuff now. And I only thought about that because I was going to be on here. I'm like, yeah, I'm exactly. make sure I have, I know what I did this, this past <laughs> week. That's incredible. And those started and I will go to the walking for a second because I just, I love to walk. It gets my, I love to be outside. It gets my brain going. It refreshes me. But when I was in the program and I needed to start walking again, my daughter, who is a phys physical trainer, came over and we would walk back and forth in front of my house. Wow. And it would be like 10 minutes at a time. And I would just literally be on the verge of tears. Like, I, I don't understand. You know, it was only like a year ago that I'd been running 5Ks. And then all of a sudden I had this huge crash. And she was like, mom, you'll, it only takes two weeks to lose that cardiovascular strength and your lung strength goes at two weeks and it's gone. So then you got to start over. So she was having me do these little tiny, and I mean tiny interval training things where I would walk for five minutes and then walk back down the hill and then right. breathe yes. and do it. And she's like, no, don't do it too long. So mm. those kinds of things I had to start at ground zero again. Talk to me about your mindset there, because I think so many people say, it's easy to do more than it is to do less. Yes. You know? Like it's easy to push myself beyond where I'm at versus actually holding myself back and being more consistent day to day. As you said before, it's like, this doesn't make sense. Like I, I normally can run five kilometers. Like I should just push myself. How did you, was it, was being in the program, the thing that helped you stay accountable and like know that, you know, consistency over intensity and step by step, you're going to get there, like progress months, maintenance months. Like yeah, definitely. Because my habit in the past, when I would crash was what you were talking about earlier, as soon as I had like a good day or a good hour, then I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna go run. Yeah. And then I would and then not be able to do anything for two days. Yeah. And, you know, that consistency. And I, I remember even asking in one of the coaching sessions, like what the what the difference between being disciplined and being too driven. And I can't even remember which words I use, but it's like, I, I have this, I have this inner drive all the time. I've, and some people call it perfectionism. And it's like, you got to do the best. You always have to do the best. You always have to, but then it was like, that's just self-sabotage. If you feel like you have to go overboard and like, okay, I can walk for 15 minutes today, but no, I'm going to walk 30. Because I, you know, I have to walk 30. Mm. It's ridiculous to walk 15 minutes. Well, it doesn't look ridiculous if for the next two days you can't do anything. So, yeah, being in the program really helped me with that consistency and staying on target. And I remember one of the big things I've learned, and I'm still learning it, is, you know, the things that energize me and the things that drain me. I had never thought about that in my life. And I think that's very common with moms. I was talking to a couple moms at a Bible study a couple weeks ago, and they're like, why did it take us so long to figure out what we're really, really good at? And I said, because we had to do all the things that didn't matter if we're good at, like washing the dishes and cooking the food and doing the laundry. Mm -hmm. And then we get our kids get to a certain age and we're like, 
hey, I think I have some gifts and talents. And so that was a biggie for me, which things really energized me. And I remember somebody in the program had made a little chart and she had highlighted, these are the things that give me energy and these are the things that drain me. So I did it. I was like, I never thought about that before. And so I still, now I try to keep that balance because the thing is, we have to work on our health for the rest of our life, no matter if we were, you know, if you never joined a program or you don't do it. Maybe healthy or not healthy, to. chronic fatigue or no chronic fatigue, like health is a right. Yeah, totally. Right. Uh, oh man, this is so good. So, so helpful. I want to, I want to go back and circle on what you spoke about before. Not perfectionism, that drive, like the drive. I think that's really hard. Like you're, yeah. a, you're a driven woman. Like, like most people that I meet, uh, like people with chronic fatigue syndrome, they're not lazy people. Like they're just not. Like I've never right, met a lazy not. person and I've met thousands of them. Like I've never met a lazy person who's like, oh, I just got chronic fatigue because I just lay on the couch all day. Like it's just not. Right. But they're always like, you know, I had, I had goals and dreams and I was like doing all this stuff and pushing myself mm-hmm. literally 99% of the time. Like, what did you, I, I actually remember the coaching call now about the drive, you know, how do you repurpose the drive yeah. in recovery? So it's not the thing that takes over recovery, basically. Right. I don't know. Like, do you, was there any kind of things that you did to repurpose that drive to recommit to yourself in your recovery when you did have to hold yourself just a little bit back? So you're not doing these pushing and crashing and, and, and obviously over time, which you were able to do, which was to build your capacity and as you were building your capacity, I remember you went kayaking, you started walking again, you started, you know, basically integrating back into being your mom and looking after the kids and the grandkids mm-hmm. and, and all that jazz and eventually starting your own business. Like initially, how did you repurpose the drive when physically at, at the capacity that you couldn't do what you wanted to do all the time? Like how did you inter, interweave that, that purpose or the drive back into your recovery? I think one of the ways that I repurposed my drive was the other thing that I was talking about, finding out what gives you energy and what takes away energy, knowing that and interweaving those things throughout my day. And then also I started just setting a timer. Like when I could work, start working at my desk again and start writing again. And it's like, I would be tempted. (laughs) I'm going to sit here for, three hours and write and just, I would set a timer. And here's the thing. I don't set a timer anymore, but I already have those habits so ingrained in me that if I'm sitting and working at my desk for an hour, I'm going to get up and I'm going to have a little dance party. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go out and walk some laps and then come back. So it was just taking that drive and saying, you know what? My job right now is to get healthy. So my job right now is I'm going to stop and make a green smoothie before I go on to my next task. And that was really hard for me. I didn't realize until my last child moved out, which was like seven months ago, that those were the people that made me feed myself. Mm. So then I had to start saying, well, now I have to make a menu just for me Mm. and I have to prepare food for myself and So just keeping that schedule and I was very adamant about it at first, like, okay, this time I'm going to have my smoothie and then I'm going to work for this time and then I'm going to take a rest and then I'm, 
And now I don't have to do that anymore, but that's what I took my drive to do. I used it for that, to implement a schedule. We have- Does that answer your question? Yeah, it's amazing. It's so good, which leads me into like two things. Like one, inside the program, we have a specific training called the Perfect Imperfect Daily Routine. And it's a new training, but it, it's, a, it's one of our longest ones because I believe that routine and structure is so vital to recovery that mm-hmm. everyone misses it. They're like, oh, yes. brain retraining. And, and it's like, you can think all the thoughts you want and visualize all the things, but like you need to start reintegrating back into life. And so a routine and structure yes. is going to do that, whether you're a one out of 10 in energy or a seven out of 10 in energy, because it will change over time. And you know, you've got a, now you've got a, a, a healthy person's schedule. The second training, which I know you switched your focus to that I think is really important to talk about is symptom focused versus health focused. And Mm -hmm. like, it's one of my, like, I think it's one of the most important topics that like everybody needs to understand and everybody who recovers does this is Mm -hmm. they switch their focus from, you know, symptom focus, which is like, oh my God, I'm feeling this and this symptom's happening. And why is this happening? And I don't like, I need to understand like, why is this like, has anyone else experienced this? And it's like this snowball effect that literally stays in the loop of sickness, really. Yes. But then switching the focus to health focus, which is exactly what you did, which I love that thing of what does a healthy person do? Even though you weren't feeling healthy, it's like thinking about how does a healthy person act? How does a healthy person respond? When a healthy person gets a cold and a flu, what do they do? Mm -hmm. I know when you started, like you were very heavily inundated with symptoms like it was you yes. were you know like so how did you go yes. from switching to the health focus was it just being in an environment that was health focused was it having permission like i like I, me telling yeah. you hey like that's not going to help you anymore like this is what we need to do it's it's yeah it's the combination of those things like going to the coaching calls and watching the videos and being like okay my job right now is to get healthy and sitting here thinking about, oh, my heart rate's only 41 right now, or, you know, all the things that we do. Like, wait, I think my throat is hurting, you know, and you you do, you get into those symptoms and you're like, what's going to relieve this? Should I make tea? Should I move? And I remember I've done a lot of study now about health and the body. And it's like, one of the things I learned, you know, how we freak out about feeling like nauseous or achy because we get up and move it's like well okay the lymph nodes have no drainage system so even if you're sitting in your bed and you start doing some arm exercises you're going to feel nauseous and feel yucky that's a good thing drink some water like figuring out your symptoms is not going to just be like oh my goodness what do i need to what pill do i need to take but knowing how the body works knowing some of that really helped alleviate those fears and just being like you know what I felt like this before and my job right now is to get healthy so what's next on my list Mm. and that's how I started approaching it it's like this is my full-time job I have permission I'm taking every I think I told you guys like I took time off of writing I took time off of everything Obviously, anything I would have written during that time anyway would have, would have made any sense. I'll tell you what, though, but that, the journey made for a good story after. Um, we'll talk about what you're up to these days. I know you've just you've basically written three books in the last little while, which is wild. Yeah, I think it's like, it's kind of, it, like I said, it's hard. Like, I think 
you don't realize it, but one of the things that you did, and you probably don't really realize this too, but in order to be health focused, we have you have to create safety first. Mm, yeah. yeah. And having a baseline is kind of what creates safety because the yes. baseline is about stopping the pushing and crashing. And that that is, you know, it's not good for the brain or the body, basically. The brain detects threats. And so, you know, if you keep pushing yourself and feeling horrible, that's not that's not a good safety sign for the brain or the body. But when you find when you do do things appropriately, like you did, like you were you were doing slow walks, you were, you know, you were, you know, eating well, you had a good routine structure, everything was appropriate. You weren't sprinting up hills and depleting your energy stores when you didn't have the energy to do so. So I feel like that created the the safety net for you to then go. I can be health focused. Yeah. You know? Like right. I, can, I can respond versus react, you know. And for me, it's no surprise. Like when you posted that win about your blood test coming back really, really good, it doesn't like mm-hmm. I love it. And it also doesn't surprise me because as one gets healthier, their symptoms decrease. Like you right. can't have health and have symptoms at the same time. And so this is right. why we're so health focused at CFS Health because it's like, as you get healthier, your symptoms decrease. Now, if we stayed symptom focused, mm-hmm. it's just a tug of war the whole time and it's just nothing yeah. to change, you know. Right. So we've spoken about mindset, definitely limiting beliefs, like unlocking that first really was the key part. Doing the physical stuff, number two, mm-hmm. because that led into two in terms of like baseline, restorative movement, nutrition, right? boundary, like a lot of emotional work, journaling, boundaries. Right finding your energy gainers and energy drainers and sticking to them. When you started to get healthy and you got your blood test back and it's like, oh my God, like this is, (laughs) that was freaking amazing. Like winning lottery, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about that experience. So you went to the doctor. Well, Well, and I will, I'll tell you, I'm just going to add this because I haven't talked to you since then. I, I went back in June and got all that same blood work done again. And it was even better. Wow. And my doctor is like, you know, your your heart is perfect. You're not at risk <laughs> for stroke or anything. I have I was before that I'd been getting into a junctional rhythm. I don't want to go into all those symptoms, but you know. And it's like he said, Your cortisol level is perfect. And he said, and I haven't seen your cortisol level this perfect for ever. Like all of these things were even better. Not yeah. like tons better, because I was already better. But yeah, it's just and to me, it's I like, I would have this, huh? I found, I've just found the photo of you. Oh Do my you goodness. Know, who's that? In the oh photo? yeah. It's my grandson. Oh and, my goodness. And you said, it's a, it's a little bit of a long post, but all you said was, I had comprehensive labs done recently and they came back better than I've ever had. Kathleen from yes. USA. Toby and the CFS Health team asked me to reflect on my win since beginning the program mid-July. Physics, do you want me to read this out? Like you might even. Sure, sure. Said, Physically, I'm able to do Pilates in the morning, walk, swim, kayak some afternoons. Uh, I'm not killing myself trying to do intense workouts anymore. I'm, jo- I'm enjoying the outdoors and just moving. I've been to host two harvest days for my family and enjoy them. That sounds fun. Uh, that's a photo of my daughter took of me playing in the leaves with my grandson. Mentally, I've had a lot of mind shifts and sometimes they shift back. You're human. I'm moving away from perfectionism and embracing myself for who I am. 
Oh, I'm getting teary. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> You're triggering me. Why is this happening? <laughs> uh, I always cry on these on these talks. I'm <laughs> it's just so special because it's like I'm you know, it's just I've seen your journey and it's just it's just cool to see. Um I know I have the gifts and a purpose for this season in my life that were different than when I was homeschooling my kids. I'm telling guilt goodbye when I put up my boundaries. I'm enjoying my life so much more, even when I have a slight dip. I'm pursuing something new with my writing. I'm still writing books, but I'm also working on building a business to help other writers pursue their passion. I realize there is always an exchange. A balance balance is a myth. I'll never turn into a superhero with infinite energy. I So I choose more carefully now what to invest my energy and time in. I'm working through my values, uh, the values models program with Toby and working on my three-year plan, which is amazing. Last year, I bought a book on heaven because I thought I was going to die. I wanted to instead... I wanted to instead of living the way I was, but not anymore. The book was good, but I'm not ready to go yet. I have a purpose here now. Medically, I was diagnosed with CFS in 2004. I had comprehensive labs done uh, recently. They came back better than ever. No viruses, thyroid's working really well. Heart rate's working really well. Cortisol levels are great. Liver is awesome. I'm better on paper than I've been in my whole life. Oh my gosh, that's what I was going to say. It was like seeing the paper was like, are you sure this is for me? Are you sure this wasn't, you know, when I got the lab results back and it's just like, even since then, I feel way better than I did even then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, the fall harvest day, the kids were asking me about that. We have it coming up in two weeks. I'm, we still do those. I do, I can, like today, I took my grandkids hiking. I ended up carrying a 45 pound one of them for a mile. And, you know, I just, I just do it. And oh my gosh. Mm just to even think about, I'm glad I didn't have time to think today because just to, to think about talking to you about what I was like at the beginning of the program is triggering because I don't ever want to go back there. And yeah. I know what I need to do. And I did want to say one thing about when I first started putting those boundaries up. Mm, please with my family and friends when please. they're because you know what it's like it's like but you can just do this you can just rest the next day you mm. can just do this and I remember sometimes someone would ask me to do something and I would say yes and then all of a sudden I would get a sore throat or a headache and it was like I'm trying to think of the name of that book but anyway I remember learning that if you don't start speaking up for yourself and if you start just letting the circumstances boss you around, then your body is going to say, hey, let's get a sore throat because I don't really want to do that. And the funny thing is the sore throat would go away a couple hours later. It wasn't like I was really sick. It was mm -hmm. just like, oh, I don't really want to do that. I need to just say no. Mm. And I don't want to make it all about, you know, the symptoms, but that's the way it was for me. And I started recognizing that. So now I just say, no, no, I, I don't want to do that. Or, you know, you guys go ahead without me. Mm. So, yeah.
That's, that's a game changer. Yeah. But yeah, that blood work and that, you know, change in my health. I was in such shock at first, like, is that even me? Mm. And now I look back at how I was when I joined the program and I think, was that even me? Yeah, well, that's right. Exactly. Like, you yeah. know, you become a new person. Like you, you, you don't stay the same person as you were. You're still who you are right. but in essence, but you're, you change because change is required in order to elevate out of that anyway. Right. Where, where are you now? Like, tell me, like, just because you're a passionate woman. So we, you were saying that you've written, you've got one book with the publishers right now. It's a fiction book. Yes. It's a new fiction book. And then I have two other fiction books that are ready for editing. <laughs> I've been working with a cover designer. Actually, she lives in Australia. Oh, which wow. She's been cool. really great. Amazing. And... Then I also have my website, Trauma-Informed Parenting, and I have a podcast, and I do workshops. I do a live one once a month in our community about informing parents, like how trauma affects the kiddos and what you can do. And some of the, one of the things that you were saying is like, I teach about felt safety all the time. That's like, calms the cortisol level, gets the amygdala to be quiet. And so, yeah, he do a... I had to apply that to myself. So I write nonfiction as well. Mm. My latest book is How to Have Peace When Your Kids Are in Chaos. Wow. And yeah, yeah it's all about um, how trauma affects kiddos and different practical tips you can use and even some stuff for the parents, like how to make sense of and peace with your past and reframe your beliefs, mm. not only about yourself, but about your parenting. Because traditional parenting doesn't work with kiddos that have trauma histories and neurodiversity. So that's a, one of my big things. It's like always talking about that. And whenever you become a trauma-informed parenting, the first step is reframing your beliefs. Maybe about parenting, maybe about your expectations, making sense of in peace with your past. Learn the science, apply the science to yourself and your children and then change the behaviors yourself, your behaviors and your kids, and then there will be more peace in your home. And that's pretty much the blueprint for that book. Wow, sounds like a bestseller to me. I love the title. And I think, you know, I have said to you before how important the work that you do is. I think it's really, really, really fantastic. And yeah, it's just incredible. It's just cool to see you to to create your own change, you know, like what you're doing. And, yeah and just what a legacy like you know think about your kids and the grandkids internally too like I think that to me is really inspiring you know um, yeah you putting your purpose you know at least equal to everybody else's and and I think they'll remember that for a very very long time Kathleen uh before we wrap up two quick questions uh one okay. someone at home is listening to this right now they don't have hope they're probably thinking what you thought at the start. It's not possible for me. I'm different. Just one bit of, you know, word of advice for, for, for the people at home who are, who are struggling. I think that I would say to that person, you know, you're on this earth for a reason and you have a purpose. And part of your purpose is valuing yourself first. Being able to say, I'm valuable enough to get better. And it, it can happen. It can happen. 
because that was the thing that I said was holding me back. And if you value yourself, then that value is going to have a ripple effect on those people around you. And they will, you know, your family will value you more. They'll value themselves more. So just, you know, I'm kind of meandering around, but yeah. value yourself. Consider yourself valuable enough to invest in your own health. Mm, so good. And for anyone who wants to get help or is thinking about joining the program from your own experience, would you recommend it? What would you say about that for those people? Because there are, you know, there's people who really want to do it, but they're like, it might not work for me. I've tried everything. You know, I don't want to fail again. Like, what one, what was your fears? And two, what would you say, you know, to someone who wants to join? I would say I'm a, I'm a researcher at heart. I love to dig into the science and I was already digging into the science a lot and doing that alone wasn't enough. I needed a community. I needed coaching. I needed to hear some things that I had never heard before in a supported group mm -hmm. where people were saying, this is what you need to do next. Like I, I think that I did your free program about, um, Pushing and crashing, finding yeah. your baseline. Yeah, yeah. The that's free kind training. of, that's what like, okay. I was like, I need this. I need them to help me with this because I cannot figure it out by myself. Yeah. And I think that especially, I'm just going to say, because I'm a mom and I'm a woman, I think that we struggle with this more than anything is like, well, I don't need the help. I have to do it all by myself or I don't deserve the help. And I did deserve the help. I did need the help. I did need the community. I needed the coaching. I needed to be called out on the carpet sometimes mm. so that I could move forward into true health. So if you're doubting, like, should I do this? Should I not do this? You should do it. Mm. You should do it because you're worth it and your health is worth it. And I know what it's like to feel like you can't even get out of bed. And I don't want anybody else to live that way. No. I just don't. Yeah. Well, that's why I started this whole thing. You know, because when I went through it, I was it was so painful and excruciating that I was like, I do not want to let anyone else have to go through what I what my my family right. went through. You know, and so that's how you know the mission and the vision was born many many moons ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. You're amazing. Such an inspiration, and I can't wait for your book to get out into the world. I think that's going to be absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Thanks for your time, Kathleen. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, I hope this video was really helpful for you. If you haven't already, please hit the like button and feel free to leave a comment. What was your takeaway, your insight from today's video? It's really helpful to actually write your learnings down. We seem to embed it better and it seems to help us move forwards with life. Here are three ways we can help you right now whenever you're ready. The first way is make sure you add yourself into our free information recovery group on Facebook. We'll leave a link in the description below. It's a really supportive, encouraging place. There's no negative venting. You can ask questions to other people. There's something like seven, 8,000 people in there right now. And I'm sure by the time you're watching this video, there's even more. So go over there right now. We share success stories. We share our latest free trainings that come to the public. And we always share upcoming information about upgrades inside our program. And also when we offer free 
webinars or free information nights that can further help you with your own recovery. The second way we can help you, which is one of my favorite, is through all our free trainings. We're going to leave a link in the description with our favorite free trainings that we know can help you start your recovery, whether that's through our baseline training, which will help you stop pushing and crashing, our three stages of recovery to figure out exactly where you're at and know what to do next, or my favorite, which is our guest panel workshop, which was actually exclusive for our members. It was so damn good that I actually asked them, can we share this to the public? They all said yes, all five of them. So thank you past members. They share their five recovery secrets and it's really powerful. There's tears, there's aha moments, there's real key insight and inspiration. And so whether you're a one out of 10 and you're really struggling right now, or whether you're further along in your recovery journey and you're integrating back into life, we have you covered. The third way we can help you is through our actual paid online recovery program, the mentorship recovery program. And if you are interested in getting proper help, a holistic comprehensive plan, professional coaching from the best coaches in the world, whether that's with mindset, movement, nutrition, restorative movement, reconditioning, integrating back into life, integrative medicine, baseline structure, routine, accountability, all things health and life. Feel free to apply for the program today. All you need to do is click on the form, cfshealth.com slash form, fill out the short two to three minute form application and the team will be in touch with all the details that you need to know about the program via email. So make sure you check your spam folder for all the free trainings. If you've sent through an application, please be patient. My team are real people, okay? They're not robots. So if we don't get back to you within seconds or hours, it's okay. <laughs> we will get back to you. If you don't hear from the team within two to three days, that means that it's basically gone to spam or junk and it's gone missing. So please send a follow-up email to the team at info at cfshealth.com. If you have any questions, go check it out. But I would highly recommend adding yourself into the free group right now. Go click on that link in the description. Go download all the free trainings. Honestly, the whole reason why this whole thing started is because when I went through this myself, it was so painful and so excruciating that I didn't want anyone else to have to go through it. And some of these free trainings are so damn valuable. Back then, I would have paid thousands of dollars for. We've had so many comments and emails and posts saying, oh my God, the baseline training was a game changer for me. Toby, I've been doing this now for three months and I'm feeling so much better. My symptoms are decreasing. I've got more stamina. I've got more energy. I'm able to do more things. So, you know, whether you're learning from us and consuming our content through our free format, I'm so stoked. Whether that's in our paid program, I don't really care. Either way, all I want to make sure is that you are moving forwards. You are starting to really implement this work. And that's really what it's all about. Once we implement, we make change and we start to move forwards. Sending you a ton of love. Of course, feel free to consume as much of the YouTube videos as you like. There's so many really, really great ones, new and old. Sending you a ton of love and uh, speak to you very, very soon. All the best for now.